um, really tough life. Um, he, a lot of the problems that he had in his life was due to favoritism that was shown by his father. And um, it was... It was, it was horrible because his father, he had a twin brother, Esau, and his father loved Esau more, and he made that obvious. While his mother, she loved him more. And this caused conflict between them and, and a lot of heartache and problems and fighting and trouble for him growing up. <clears throat> Now you'd think if you grew up in a house like that, when you had kids of your own, you would do things different. That wasn't the case. We find in Genesis 37 that when Joseph grew and got out of the house and got married and had kids, he did the same thing. Joseph had... 12 sons and these would God would change his name to Israel and these 12 sons would become the 12 tribes of Israel and Joseph loved his son Jacob more than all the others now Jacob was number 10 he was son number 10 and he loved him more and he made it obvious that he loved him more and he, he made him this special coat of many colors. And it was an expensive, fancy coat, unlike any of the other brothers had. And he, he wore that, Joseph wore that coat all the time, and it made his brothers envious of him. And they resented how dad treated their brother. And they hated him because of it. They just grew to really hate their brother. And over time, this this caused a lot of problems in their relationship. Now, God was with Joseph. And Joseph was a dreamer. And he had dreams. And he dreamed of one day becoming great. And he had this dream where him and his brothers were out in the field bringing in the the grain and the hay. And they used to bind it up in stalks in these piles. They called them sheaves. And in his dream, all of his brother's sheaves bowed down to Joseph's sheaf. And he told his brothers about this dream and they hated him even more after this. And then he had a dream where the sun and the stars and the moon all bowed down to him. And when he told this dream, even his father rebuked him for that. So do you think even me and your mother are going to bow down to you along with your brothers? Well, that was the dream. And so his brothers really, really despised him. When he was 17 years old, his brothers went out to take care of some flock in a faraway place that they had. And they'd been gone a long time and their dad was starting to get worried about them. So he sent Joseph over to see about his brothers and to bring back word of how they were doing. And so Joseph went to the place where they were supposed to be and he can't find them. And he looks and he searches and 
aren't there. And he sees a man and he runs up to this man and he says, I'm looking for my brothers. Have you seen them? And he says, oh, they were here, but they went that way. And so Joseph heads that way to find his brothers. And his brothers are working and one of them sees him coming. And he says, hey, look, the dreamer's coming. And one of them said, let's kill him. Let's just kill him here. We'll see what becomes of his dreams. Let's throw him in that pit. Yeah, we can say that a wild animal came. We'll tell Dad a wild animal came and devoured him. Well, the oldest brother, Reuben, talked him out of killing the brother. But they were determined to do something to him. So when he got there, they grabbed him and they tore the coat of many colors off of him and they threw him in the pit. And they're sitting there nearby eating and this caravan of Midian traders comes by. And Judah gets an idea. Judah says, you know, this worthless brother of ours maybe won't be worth so nothing after all. Let's sell him. Let's sell him to the Midianites as a slave. They all thought that was a great idea. So they bring him up out of the pit and they tied his hands together like a slave. And they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And then they took that coat of many colors and they dipped it in goat's blood. And they brought it back to their dad and said, Hey, we found this in the fields. And their dad thinks, well, a wild animal must have devoured him and he gives up hope. And he mourns for many, many years over his son. Well, Joseph is sold to the captain of the guards of Egypt. And he lives in the, in the house of the captain of the guard and God is with Joseph and he excels and he, and he does such a good job and he works so hard that eventually he is made head over, over his whole household. And Joseph has a pretty good life but the Bible says he was a good looking young man. And his master's wife started advancing toward him and coming on to him. And he kept rejecting her. And day after day, she would try to seduce him and he would always reject her. And eventually she became angry at his rejections and she set him up. She got his his tunic, his coat, and she took it to her husband and she made up this story about how she was in her, her room and this Hebrew that you made over us came into me. And I, he, I screamed and he ran and he left his coat and here it is. This is what happens when you bring a Hebrew into our house. And her husband believed her. Her husband believed the lie and he angrily threw Joseph into prison. So he's a prisoner now. And while he's in prison, God is with 
Joseph. Even in prison, he is with him and he helps him. And Joseph works hard and he tries to be do the best he can in prison. And he does such a good job that eventually he is made to be the head prisoner. He's like the prisoner that's over all the other prisoners. And one day the king, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, starts he has an altercation. He gets upset and he becomes offended at his chief baker and his chief butler. And he is so offended at these people that he has them both thrown in prison. They're thrown in prison right where Jacob or Joseph is. And while they're in prison, these two men start having dreams. And they're very vivid, disturbing dreams. And it upsets them so much that Joseph sees that they're upset and they tell him why and he says, well, well, tell me your dreams because I can tell you what the dreams mean. And so they tell him their dreams. The butler, the butler says, in my dream, I see three branches. And as I watch these three branches grapes grow out from from them and the grapes become large and as I'm watching these grapes grow all of a sudden Pharaoh's cup appears in my hand and so I take the grapes and and I push them into the cup and I hand it to Pharaoh and he takes it that's my dream and Joseph said the meaning of your dream is that in three days, Pharaoh is going to take you out of this place and restore you to the place, to your place as butler in his house. Well, the baker hears this and he's excited. He can't wait to tell his dream. Here's my dream. He says, I see myself and on my head there are three white baskets. And they become full of bread. And the birds come and they eat the bread out of the baskets on my head. Well, Joseph is sad. Because he says, your dream is not good. He says, the meaning of your dream is that in three days, Pharaoh is going to cut off your head. And he's going to hang your body. And the birds are going to come and eat your flesh. Well, sure enough, three days pass. And everything happened exactly like Joseph said. The king Pharaoh brings the butler back, restores him to his place. He cuts off the head of the baker and hangs him. Well, as the butler is leaving the prison, Joseph says, please remember me when you get out. Remember me and tell Pharaoh about me and what I did and ask him to bring me out of this place. The butler says, oh sure, yeah, I'll remember you. 
He didn't remember him. He forgot all about Joseph. Didn't say a word. Two years pass and the Pharaoh himself starts having dreams. These are disturbing dreams. And he can't sleep. And he calls the wise men, all of the wise men that he has and tries to get somebody to tell him what these dreams mean. And no one can tell him. No one understands what these dreams mean. In the Pharaoh's dream, there are seven cows. And he's standing by the river and these seven really, really fat cows come and stand by him. And they start eating the grass by the river. And then seven really skinny cows come. And to Pharaoh's horror, the seven skinny cows began to eat the seven fat cows. And he wakes up. And then he has another dream that's very similar. And in this dream, there are seven heads of grain. And there's seven skinny heads of grain and seven fat heads of grain and the seven seven skinny heads of grain eat the seven fat heads of grain. And he wakes up. And no one can tell him what this means. And he's upset and he's and it's been he can't sleep and so finally the butler remembers. You know there's a guy in prison who helped me. He told me three days before that I was coming back. He can interpret dreams. Pharaoh says, get him up here. And so they bring him and they, they dress him up and they clean him all up and they put him before the king. And the Pharaoh says, I hear you can interpret dreams. And Joseph says, not me. But the Lord will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And so he tells him his dreams. And Joseph says, the meaning of your dreams is this. There will be seven years of plenty in this land. You will have lots of rain and lots of food and lots of grain. But that will be followed by seven years of famine. And this famine will last seven years and there will be no crops. And he tells him, what you need to do is this. You need to find some wise men and put them over the grain. And during the seven years of plenty, every year take a fifth of what the harvest is and set it aside. And store this excess grain so that you'll have food when the seven years of drought comes. And Pharaoh really liked his interpretation. He was impressed. And he says, you know, I have no men wiser than you. And so he took this prisoner and he took off his ring and he put his ring, the Pharaoh put his ring on him. And he made him the second most powerful man in Egypt. Only the Pharaoh himself was higher than him in power. 
And sure enough, there were seven years of plenty. And during those seven years, Joseph set aside grain. And then the famine came. The rain stopped. And all of the land, there was a drought. And people started coming to Egypt for food because Egypt was the only ones that had grain. And they sent him to Joseph. And Joseph would give them food. And Joseph would sell them grain. It happened just like he said. Now, it wasn't just Egypt that had the famine. But the lands around there had it too. And Canaan was hit by the famine as well. Joseph's father and brothers ran out of food. And they knew that Egypt had food, so so he sent his brothers to Egypt to buy grain. Now, half a lifetime had passed since he had seen his brothers. Joseph was a 40-year-old Egyptian now. And you know how they looked with the, and the makeup and all that? They didn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. So as they approached Joseph, his dream came true as his brothers all bowed down before him. And he knew who they were. But he didn't reveal himself to them. And... Instead, he seemed to kind of test them. He wanted to know maybe what kind of a people they had become. Had they changed? Were they different today? So he he asked them he asked them about their father and their brothers and their families and he learns that he has a younger brother now, Benjamin. And he says, I'll sell you more grain if you need it. But don't come back here without your brother Benjamin. Bring him next time you come. And so he sold them the grain and he filled their bags with grain. But before they left, he had his steward hide the money that they had paid back inside their bags. And so they left and they got home and they discover this money is in their bags. And now they're afraid to go back because they said they think they're going to think we stole that money, so we can't go back now. But the famine continued and it got worse and it just went on and on for years. Once again, they were out of food. To survive, they had to go back. And they told their dad, he said, we can't go back without Benjamin. So he reluctantly let them take him with them. He said, but take all the money, take double money, take the money that they gave you back and take more money. And here's some gifts to offer this man. Maybe he will be appeased by these things. So they go back, but they're afraid. They're afraid that they're going to enslave them. So they beg and plead for their life. And 
Joseph said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And he feeds them and he sells them more grain. But this time, he had his steward put his silver cup in Benjamin's bag. And they left. Now you'd think that this time they would check their bags before they left, but they didn't. And they get out of town and he sends the steward after them. And he searches their bag and he finds this silver cup. And he brings them back. And oh no, this is bad. Benjamin's sack had the silver cup in it. And they're afraid and they're bowing down to him. And he says, I'll tell you what. I will take Benjamin as my slave to pay for this crime, for this treachery you've done to me after my kindness. I will take Benjamin. And oh, they think their father's going to die now. If they don't come back with Benjamin. But Judah steps forward. Judah steps up. And he says, take me. Take me in his place. You remember our Lord came from the tribe of Judah. And there's no doubt this is why. The heart he had to take me in his place was who God wanted him to come from. And when Joseph saw his brother come forward like that, he couldn't stand it anymore. And he broke down and he told him who he was. And the Bible says they were white with fear when they learned that the second most powerful man in Egypt was the brother they sold into slavery. But Joseph comforted them with these words. In Genesis 45 and verse 4, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near. And then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph sees God's plan for him and his life. And he forgives his brothers. And he goes and gets his father and he moves them all to Egypt. And they become a vast multitude of people. You know, this story of Joseph has many good teachings for our lives. We can see Jesus Christ throughout this story in many different ways. But the story teaches us to always do our best. Work for God. Whatever situation you find yourself in, work for God. Do your best. You know, Joseph, when he was when he was 
thrown into prison. He just tried to be the best prisoner he could, continuing to do what God wanted him to do. When he was betrayed by his brothers and sold as a slave, he worked hard and just tried to make the best of the situation he was in. And he did okay. God took care of him. He focused on what he could do today instead of giving up hope and complaining about his life. That's a good example for us today. And Joseph didn't compromise what God told him to do when it was convenient to advance himself or when it would hurt him. When he was tempted, he focused on God and what God wanted him. And we see how in the end God took care of Joseph. Joseph reminds us, his story reminds us that fulfilling God's purpose for our life is more important than the than the things that happen to us along the way, the experiences that we have. Because they will all be different and they'll be good some days and bad some days. But if we, instead of focusing on ourselves and our desires and our wants, if we'll focus on what God wants us to do, the purpose that God has for us, then we can't fail. Because God's purpose will always be successful. God's purpose is always right. His plan is always right. If we focus on that, instead of getting caught up in our own issues, we'll be successful. And finally, Joseph shows us how to forgive. As God forgave us, we have to forgive other people. Christians are told to forgive others. We have to do that. Now Joseph tested them first to see if they had changed. But the key thing here I think is Joseph wanted to forgive his brothers. That's how he did it. That's how he was able to forgive these people that sold him as a slave. He wanted to. He wanted to forgive. He wanted to restore that relationship. And so he did. Don't you think God wants to forgive us when we mess up, when we make mistakes? He wants to forgive us. He wants to restore that relationship if we're willing to change, if we're willing to turn to Him. Maybe that's why He made stories like this available for us and wanted us to have these things so that we will be assured of things like this, so that we will be able to see what He wants and learn more about Him. I think that's the case. And I hope this has been edifying to you, this story, and I hope that it's something that can help you in your walk and your Christian life. 
It would all be good to be more like Joseph, I think, in our life. And as I said, you can see Jesus so clearly in this story. Many, many different ways. I, I, only, I only talked about a couple. There are a bunch. And that's when you see that. And I'd encourage you to, to think about how Jesus was like this story. There are a bunch of things. When you see it, it so increases your faith. It's so uplifting to your faith because you can see God's plan. And it just makes you believe all the more. I'm going to close now and we're going to have an invitation song. If there's a spiritual need you have, the congregation can help you with. We'd we'd love to do that. If there's a need you have, please come forward and sit on the front pew as we stand and sing.